Get the ball rolling, family. We are back. How is everyone doing today? Today is a very special day uh, because we are one day closer to the start of another college football season, 80 days away. I cannot wait for this upcoming season. Uh, I was actually talking to one of my friends last night, and we were talking uh, about the the upcoming games, uh, just talking about the upcoming season. He's a big football guy. And one of the things that we said was that this offseason, this, this college football offseason, has been really quiet. I mean, like normally uh, a couple years ago, Michigan football goes and see the Pope, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh doing his antics, you know, so-and-so uh, says they're going to win the uh, SEC, ACC. You always, you always get these stories. And it might be because it is mainly dominated right now by the NBA because of the NBA Finals that are currently going on. Uh, you have a little bit of NFL news that will come out every once in a while. But that's mo- mostly about the head cases of the NFL that, uh, you know, uh, the Raiders and everyone they signed, A.B., Rishi Incognito, Devontae Perfect. There's just those kinds of stories coming out, but there's not a lot surrounding college football. Uh, there was a college football article that said uh, on one of the sites I read, it said, you know, top it, the hardest uh, games for each of the top 25 teams in the FBS. And uh, we have a couple people coming out with their rankings and stuff like that. But for, for the most part, it's been a pretty quiet postseason. And I don't know if it's because we have yet another you know alabama clemson situation or just not much noise i mean i don't even i mean last year we were even talking about oklahoma can kyler murray step up and do what baker mayfield did and right now it's just it's quiet we're good so it's really interesting but uh hopefully in the next 80 days We'll have a little bit more news. But as always, there's always a, a million topics to talk about uh, when it comes to college football. There's always uh, something that I can pull up, some stat that I want to talk about, something that piques my interest. Uh, you know, I I really do like talking college football, obviously. I have a podcast about it. But anyway, so we are back. Uh, today's another special day. And I'm a, uh, a pretty big step for getting the ball rolling. This is the first time... Uh, I believe, I know I've had teams in the past uh, come on the show, coaches come on the show, talk a bit, a little bit about it. Today is the first day that I finally get two sides of a rivalry. Uh, now, UC Davis, Cal Poly, th- they're rivals, obviously. Uh, I know that is a big thing. But at the time, uh, when I was starting this, I, I didn't really know a lot about uh, the rivalries and stuff like that. I'm really starting to learn and grasp. But I've known about this rivalry for a while. I want to tell you why. Uh, growing up in Big Sky Country, uh, you guys know that – well, okay, I guess you guys might not know. I'll explain it. Uh, in the football, for to be able to get to the NCAA tournament, they used to host it, whoever won the Big Sky that year, whoever had the best conference record, right? And we went uh, to my family. Anytime we were say would win it in, the, in, in basketball, my parents would always take us. My, my little brother and I, my mom and dad, we'd go and we'd watch. Uh, you, you know, we were saying, and it was to hopefully see who gets a bid into the NCAA tournament, and it was an awesome, awesome experience. 
Well, one of the first times I can remember going, uh, Weaver State actually played. There was Weaver State, I believe they played Portland State. Now, I don't remember. I was all of like five or six years old when I remember going. And Montana and Montana State played, and that that place was wild. I cannot describe to you how loud that place was. And we were in Ogden, Utah. We were in Montana, and it was like these two teams were just – battling hard they were down in the trench they were like they wanted it and obviously you know you're playing for a a big sky uh championship the tournament championship hopefully you know if you make it to the championship one of them would and then hopefully a a bid into the ncaa basketball tournament but it was i mean it was absolutely crazy place was crazy it was bumping and i remember uh growing up Going to the games, I'd always, I always remembered Montana, Montana State, uh, mainly because they, I believe Montana actually went on to beat Weaver. I, I can't a hundred percent remember. Again, it was a really vague memory, but we, I remember we, I remember the the rivalry and the passion that those Montana fans had. And a couple days ago, I spoke with Coach Matt Miller from Montana State, got his perspective. I actually asked him about the rivalry. I said, you know, how is it? And he said that his his mother and sister wouldn't even talk to him the week of the the week of the game and that is that is insane to me i mean i've grown up around rivalries i've always thought that the BYU Utah game uh was pretty pretty a uh, pretty intense game it's kind of lost its passion i think but that's another topic for another day but you know he even called it the the super bowl of Montana. Now, now this is crazy. I, I guess where you're in a place, a little secluded, big sky country, right? <laughs> uh, there's a uh, there's a place in Montana, literally called the middle of nowhere. Scientists have proven it. Absolutely insane uh, that this this little town is that far away from that many people. However, uh, he talked about it, and so I was like, you know, I want to reach out to Montana. I want to get the schools of the big sky. So I'm really excited to be able to have uh, this passionate rivalries talk. You know, hopefully we get a little bit perspective. Uh, Montana State, uh, the last three years, have actually beat Montana. But Montana had – I was looking through the coach's records. Uh, and the coach right now, Bobby Huck, he actually has had – in his first stint at Montana, he went 5-2 and two against the Cats. Uh, he's uh, since joining the team. He uh, when he came back, he's zero and one. But it, just kind of a fun little rivalry to to see, to follow, to hear. I've actually talked to my wife. I think it would be awesome to be able to go up and actually watch that game. Uh, it is at Montana State this year, so I I really I would really enjoy to go. It's kind of a far drive, especially to Montana. Uh, we live close to the Arizona border down here in Utah and close to the Nevada border. So it would be a tough drive, tough sell for her. However, I'm going to ask her. I don't think she listens to the podcast, or if she does, it's very little. So maybe I'll just spring this on her and she'll be super surprised. Or uh, she'll listen to this and she'll come home and, uh, you know, on her way home from work, she'll listen. She'll be like, no, Tyler, we're not going. But <laughs> anyway, we'll uh, we'll see with that. But again, today we have uh, Mr. Eric Tabor uh, on from the University of Montana. He's actually coming uh he's talking to me he was just on a trip he was in denver he took the time out of his day he's uh uh to talk to me so really excited to be able to have him on the show and to talk a little bit about this uh we're going to dive into a little bit of the head coaching situation uh, along with uh this this program that was once a very 
it was a program that I had heard all of, all the time. I mean, I swear, any time I would look around, uh, I'd hear headlines and stuff. Big Sky, it was Montana, and I don't know if it, was, if it was because you know Montana, the state is called the Big Sky Country. But if I thought about it, you know, outside of Weber State, it was Montana. That was the team. It's like all oh, Re- Weber's rivals. I always thought Weber State's rivals was Montana, just because uh, football, basketball, everything in Montana has just been stout uh, from 2003 to 2009. This team went on an amazing, incredible run. Uh, they went from 2003 to 2009. They went to the national championship in 2004. They went to the national championship in 2008. And they went to the national championship in 2009. Each time they lost. But that is also kind of besides the point. Because when you can get to the national championship three times, that is extremely impressive. You don't. I mean, there are so many teams out there that would just want to get to the national championship. That just want to have the opportunity to play. This team has had it three times. That is incredible. That is a that is a great storied program, an established program. Uh, we've kind of uh, hit a little bit of a rush patch uh, since 2009, since uh, Coach Huck left. However, he's back, and I think Montana fans, Grizz fans, and uh, the state of Montana that obviously don't support Montana State. Montana fans are extremely excited to have him back. Uh, anyway, that's just a brief little intro into what I would like to spend our time on. This this Montana team is talented, but they're going to go through the ringer this year. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, how everything plays out. So coming up on the show, we have uh, Mr. Eric Tabor from the University of Montana. We're going to have, uh, just after this, we'll have our sponsored segment. We'll dive into a little bit of the statistics side of things, uh, what I'd like to talk to him about, stuff like that. We'll wrap up uh, what I... You know what he talked about. Give my final opinion, final thoughts. Again, no predictions will be made. I just want you guys to hear it from him. Uh, hear where the program's going. That's what you need to hear. And I think the biggest thing, again, I, I will always reiterate it, is your opinion in sports media. It matters. A lot of people will say, you know, uh, you know the media doesn't matter. No, that's what drives it. Because if it's not for the fans that watch, there it would be pointless. You know, you no. It, it, could you imagine a football game where nobody showed up? It was just two teams out there playing. Yeah, it might be for fun. You might see that, you know, occasionally in a park somewhere in America. But I mean. Not full on pads, you know, blowing each other up, intense rivalry, that kind of thing. No. Uh, so I think your opinion matters. Now, I want you guys to be able to hear these interviews, formulate your own opinion, and get excited. The biggest thing is excitement. College football is exciting. Get excited for this upcoming year. It is amazing. It's going to be an awesome year, both FBS and FCS. A lot of fun storylines coming out. So that's the biggest thing. Formulate your own opinion. I'll talk about my opinion, what I think, uh, and where I see this program going. Again, covering the big sky once again. I love it. Love this conference. Uh, always have. Always grown up around it. So it will be really interesting to see, uh, again, talking to them, seeing where they're at. Uh, so stay tuned. Sponsor segment up next. Afterwards, we're going to be diving into it. So let's get the ball rolling. Thank you for our sponsored segment. All right. We're going to be getting into this. And to start off this little segment that I want to do, I just want to give – Kudos to the coach here. First off, Bobby Huck. This man is a genius, okay? Not only has he been to three national championships, he's been to an FBS bowl game. So this guy knows what he's doing, and he is going to get this Montana program back on track. 
Now, that being said, uh, just to start off, like I said, he was there from 2003 to 2009. Uh, he was very a very storied coach, had a really good program. They kicked butt, right? Three national championships in six different years. That's pretty good. I'd take that, right? He ends up leaving in 2009, and he goes and coaches at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV. Now, UNLV, as uh, I believe I talked about him, yes, I talked about him on my on part three. I uh, have not released that yet with teams most to prove. 2019, I talk a little bit about UNLV and what is upcoming for them, but I just want to give kudos to this man, uh, Bobby Huck. UNLV has only been to four bowl games in the history of their football program. Now, I don't know how long their football program is around. I'm sorry for not providing that information, but four bowl games, right? Uh, you could imagine it. it's probably been is pretty significant. I mean, we have Alabama that's been to like 62 or something like that. Now, I'm not saying UNLV is like uh, like Alabama, but just to put that in perspective, four versus like 62, right? We're obviously comparing apples and oranges, but still four, right? Uh, they went to a bowl game in 1984. They went to a bowl game in 1994, 2000, and then 2013 during the Bobby Huck era. Now, that is significant in the fact that he was able to get this UNLV team that hadn't been to a bowl game in 12 years and had only been to a bowl game in each decade. I mean, it was pretty much 10 years, 6 years. 13 years, 12, 13 years. That's pretty impressive. This this guy knows what he's doing. He's a great football coach. Uh, anytime you see a coach go into a program that has been not as good, I guess, not as good, and be able to turn it around and be able to get to that seven wins, that that's impressive. He went he went seven and six that year. Uh, he actually went seven and five overall in that season he had wins over central michigan western illinois new mexico hawaii nevada air force and san diego state so that is an extremely impressive thing for them uh just want to give him a little bit of shout out and he's a really good coach and he spent i believe afterwards he went he was a brief stint at san san diego state uh once when he left unlv in 14 he's back here in 18 so he's there for three ish years so he's back uh montana fans are happy montana fans rejoice he has come back home so to get into it uh i just want to give you guys a little bit of a preview and a little bit of the schedule breakdown and they these guys have a tough tough schedule if i had to grade the schedules and the coaches that i've talked to and the schedules that i've looked at this is by far the hardest and i'm not i don't mean that in uh in a good way bad way it's just that simple this is tough right and i believe everyone in that even in the program will admit this is a tough schedule but the thing is when you play tough you there's always this this thing about about sports and i guess this is a little bit of a rant but you know, when you see, you know, Alabama taking on an FCS foe, you're like, why? Why are you doing that? I know why the FCS foe does. I, I, I get that. There's a lot of different incentives, you know, TV, oh, we played Alabama, or, you know, Clemson goes in, they play a different 
uh, another team. You see a lot of them do it. Even in the Pac-12, it, it runs rampant uh, in the Pac-12 as well. I mean, throughout all of college football, you see uh, teams, they take on these FCS foes. And again, I don't really know why, if it's just uh, publicity and stuff. But, you know, University of Utah last year, uh, they played Weaver State. Right, and he, BYU played Portland State a couple years ago. Now, I'm not saying that FCS folks they get trounced on. Again, I'll always refer to the the what was the game? Oh, Appalachian Michigan State game, right? Or Michigan game? Sorry, Appalachian State Michigan game. They did it, and there's been countless other ones. Howard beat UNLV. Uh, there's there's a lot of different teams that go in. They beat these FBS teams, right? But it's like, why? I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why you go in and, and you want to play this. Play to the level of your competition, Alabama. If you want to go out or Clemson or you know, Oregon, UCLA, whoever you want to put, if you, if you want to do it, you play to the level of your competition. And I think that's what college football needs to move to, is that you do this. And I think this Montana team, obviously the Big Sky tough, but they did that. They set themselves up to play to the level of their competition. It, they might have the hardest schedule, but again, Again, your players will respond well. Sports is about responding, right? You know, someone gets a, a kickoff return. Okay, how are we going to respond? Someone gets you know, a fourth down stop. How are we going to respond on offense? Those kind of things, it's all about the response, you know? You hopefully that you're hitting them more and they're not responding fast enough, but it's about the response, right? Now, this team, they take on, uh, they start off uh, at South Dakota, uh, South Dakota, didn't make the FCS playoffs. Nothing super notable there. They play North Alabama, which is North Alabama team. I don't really know what's going on. They did go seven to three. They didn't make the the playoff, uh, but they did play some different schools names that I had never heard of before. Uh, kind of interesting, uh, which is really strange to me because I feel like I've heard of pretty much everyone. Anyway, so I don't know if they're transitioning to FCS or if they're 100% FCS, but 7-3, uh, and three, good record, right? And then they go, this is what this Montana team goes, they go on the road in Eugene, right? We're talking about the Audison Zoo in Oregon. Uh, that, that That's going to be tough. That That is going to be an extremely hard thing to overcome. Then they play Monmouth. Monmouth went 8-3. and three. They're out of the NEC, I believe, the Northeastern Conference. Uh, if you listen to the show, Scott Van Zyl was actually the offensive coordinator there, now at Towson. But anyway, Monmouth, they play them 8-3, and three, goes 8-3. and three. Then they play, then they go on the road to UC Davis, which UC Davis uh, won the, the Big Sky, co-winners co of the Big Sky last year, along with Eastern Washington Weaver. Listen for those names coming up. Then they play home against Idaho State, which Idaho State did not have a terrible season last year. They go 6-5, and five, same record as Montana, so comparable, right? Then they play Sacramento State. Sacramento State was the worst team in this Big Sky last year, so a little bit uh, there. Next, they go – they do – this is what – they do play a hard team. Eastern Washington, right, went to the national championship last year. Uh, luckily, it is in it is in Montana and don't have to go on the road for that. That is, you know, luck of the draw playing them at home, but you're still playing the national, you know, the nation's second best team in FCS. Uh, and then they go on the road to Portland State. Again, been to Portland a million times. Beautiful place. Super cool. And, and then they come home. They play Weaver State. Again, another another one in the big sky that was a, was a co-champions along with, wait, Eastern Washington and UC Davis. Oh, wait, we've already called those names. And then they go on the road and play at Montana State. 
Montana State has a three-game uh, winning streak and went to the FBS play- or FCS playoffs this last year. So this schedule is brutal. I don't even know anyone in the FBS that would have a schedule similar to what Montana's going to face. But again, Montana... They're going to do it, and it's going to be extremely fun to watch them because this team is loaded with talent. Not, not only loaded with talent, but they have the spirit to be able to fight back. Like I said, play to level in your competition. This is exactly what sports is all about. This is what Montana's doing. They say, you know what? Yeah, we know this is going to be a tough schedule. We get it. Oh, that's not. We set this up. Obviously, schedules are made years out in advance, but they set this up. They knew what they were getting into. Along, I mean, Big Sky, you can't really control, but North Alabama, tough team. Oregon, Tough team, obviously. We know everyone knows the Oregon Ducks. And then Monmouth, tough team. That's, those, are, those are really hard games. So it'll be awesome uh, to be able to watch the outcomes of these games. Again, loaded, loaded with a really hard schedule, but they're also loaded with talent. And that is the best part about sports is playing the level of your competition. When you can see a team... That, you know, these guys are going to go through the gauntlets this year. They have a a couple of really tough stretches, but it will be really interesting to see how they handle it. Again, they will play the level air competition. I am convinced of that. They are, this team is really good. Uh, They have a lot of returners. We'll get into that. Uh, They have quarterback Dalton Sneed, uh, ran for 675 yards, had 2,723 passing yards, so obviously a big help coming back on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, They also bring back their number one rusher, well, number two rusher behind the quarterback was the first rusher, Uh, their best running back, Adam Eastwood, uh, 514 yards rushing this last year, Uh, Samuel Akeem, which was, I believe he's on the third team all FCS preseason All American with 879 receiving yards this last year, and this is what this is what uh, really is is big is their defense. I mean, when you when you are going to play these big schools, it's not only it's not an offensive game like oh hey let's let's go try to outscore them. It's more defensive side of the ball and coaches that have a defensive mind, right? But they bring back Dante Olsen, who had 151 tackles. Listen to this, 151 tackles. That was the most in the FBS and the FCS. So both of them combined, he led it. He obviously is going to be playing on Sunday, convinced of it. Someone that tackles has that many tackles, he's a ball hawk. He knows he's probably flying around the field. I actually looked up a tape of him. He literally is just all over the place. You're like, oh my goodness, there he is, Dante Olsen, once again. Oh, look, there he is, once again, calling his name. In the Cal Poly game, he had 24 tackles alone. Just, just himself, twenty-four tackles. Now you think about it. You know, they, they might. How many plays were called in that game to be able to get twenty-four tackles? That's, that is absolutely incredible. Super talented. Uh, they also bring back Robbie Huck, who had ninety-five tackles. He was, I believe, he was the freshman defensive player of the year, or I don't know if it was just uh, for week for a week or whatever. But he was also named to, uh, I believe, it was a second team all defensive. Uh, All-American. So these guys have a lot of talent. That's what I'm saying. That these guys, I believe that these guys as competitors will step up to the strength of schedule. They're going to be able to do it. And it's going to be really interesting. Because if you go through a a, a year, as tough as this year is going to be, you come out battle-tested. You come out ready to go. Now you might come out, we'll say, for, for just nice numbers, you might come out seven and four, right? And you might barely get into the first round of the FCS playoffs. But the thing is, your journey was a lot harder to get there than maybe somebody that you're lining up against, 
and you're going to go out, you're going to win. That's where upsets happen, is where these teams that go through a really hard schedule, like uh, a lot of different teams this last year. I believe Maine was a really good example. People had kind of underestimated them. <laughs> they, they were ready. They came out. They punched Weber State in the mouth. They they won, end up getting to the semifinals. Well, they, they, not just Weber State, but they had won along the way to get there. That talks about you know the, the toughness. Again, I think Maine, I love using Maine as an example. I know people of the podcast will probably have heard that a lot, but that's just an example. So when you line up against them, I, I believe Montana State as well. They lined up, they got the win last year, second round. They got to the second round of the of the playoffs. Those kinds of teams, I think that this Montana team, if they can get there, they're going to have they're going to be in that same situation and people are going to be like, Whoa, this Montana team is actually super good. They're you know, they might not be undefeated like a North Dakota State, but they're gonna be they're just as talented and can run with the big dogs. Anyway, super excited. We're gonna have Mr. Eric Tabor on the show. He uh, coming up. That's just a little preview into uh, this upcoming season. What I kind of like to talk to him about again. I want to talk to him a little bit about the rivalry. What he's most excited about. Those kinds of things. Uh, we will. He, uh, Mr. Eric Tabor, was the assistant director of communications. Uh, he's in charge of football, so he decided to to talk to me and we'll reach out. Uh, actually, and I believe. Uh, he'll probably talk about this, but he told me that the coaching staff actually they go they live like a Discover Montana or I don't know exactly what they call it, but they go out the the team they go out and they visit different parts of Montana, uh, hopefully to pull in I believe it's to you know obviously teach football, meet the fans and stuff like that. They're actually all away doing that, and when I reached out to him, he said he'd be able to speak on their behalf. So really an awesome treat to be able to get somebody uh, an assistant director of communications on the show different new loving it so he will be up let me uh set up the for the call and he will be on the show shortly awesome welcome back to get the ball rolling we are here with mr eric Tabor from the university of montana how are you doing today I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing pretty good myself. So uh, I have explained a little of this on the podcast, but just to reiterate it, I'm uh, doing a Big Sky uh, podcast. I'll be covering, I've been covering the Big Sky. I mean, I've never done a podcast about the Big Sky, but I've been covering it for as long as I can remember. I grew up in Ogden, Utah, so around Weber State University, and I've been a part of a lot of uh, sporting events and stuff like that there. I've been able to go see games at SUU and various other big sky schools, but I'm excited to have Montana uh, today on the mic and uh, being able to talk to you guys. So I guess what I'll, I'll start off with this. What are you most excited about for this, this upcoming football season? Um, I'm excited to see how our young team sort of develops. We got a really tough schedule. So, um, you know, we've got, we had a really young team last year. Of course, uh, we had some turnover with the coaching staff, obviously. That's always a tough process. The team was better than I thought our record indicated. So now the team's still young, but, uh, I think we've got a lot of key pieces that are going to be, uh, really crucial in our success this year. And I think we're going to, be able to have an awesome year. We just had a tough schedule, so we got to be able to figure that out. Yeah, I was actually looking. I was going to ask you about the schedule and how you felt about it, but you brought it up. You play uh, in Eugene against uh, University of Oregon, and then you play a little bit later. You play at UC Davis. Uh, you do get uh, Eastern Washington and Weber State at home, and then at Montana State. Right? Is that correct? 
That is correct, yeah. So you guys have a pretty tough schedule, uh, but it does not mean I, I've been able to look at it and I've been able to, to look, and I think that you guys will have a very successful football season despite uh, a pretty tough schedule. Uh, the next question I have for you is I just want you to describe a little bit about what it is, what is the Montana-Montana State rivalry uh, to you and to the football program up there? Uh, well, I kind of wanted to say, really, I mean, I, I grew up in Montana. I'm a native of Missoula. Grew up going to uh, Grizz games my entire life. Uh, and, you know, that's certainly a game that's always circled on the calendar. Uh, you know, we, we don't take it lightly. And now that we have um, a new coaching staff on board, uh, that fact has also been driven home because, like me, they are all, you know, they're Montana natives. Coach Hawker's a Montana native. And, He's been in this rivalry as much as anybody else on the planet, and he understands what it means to the folks of Montana. And, you know, we've been out uh, over the last month, we've been doing what we call our, our spring tour, which is uh, uh, the time we get to go travel around the state and kind of shake hands and, and talk to people, all the Grizz fans from, you know, Helena or Hamilton, Montana, all the way out to uh, Sydney, uh, Far East Montana. And, um, you know, part of that is, is the excitement that they are uh, filled with right now is that we've got a coaching staff that understands the importance of that game and you know me being a native um, I'm super excited to kind of get that back to where we think it should be along on this side of the divide yeah for sure uh, I actually I, I follow the football team on social media and you guys I believe you even made it out to the middle of nowhere in Montana right there's a there's a town actually, yeah science No, for sure. I, I actually, I didn't know that, but nine hours, that's a long drive to, to go see a football game. But if you're dedicated and you, you love it, I mean, that just shows uh, the kind of the culture of Montana because that's all you guys have up there. I mean, you don't have any like any of the professional teams. You guys have Montana, Montana State uh, for, for sports. And so it's really cool to see the support of the community uh, like you were talking about. Uh, so my next question, just you said that you are a really young team and going through the roster and studying a little bit about Montana. Uh, who would you say are a couple of stars or people that, you know, Montana Grizz fans should pay attention to? And then people like like myself covering the big sky. Uh, a couple of names uh, rise to the top of that list uh, almost immediately. And that's uh, uh, that's going to be our quarterback, Dalton Sneed. Um this guy, he's a complete package, and uh, you know he, he can hit you with his arm, he can hit you with his legs. But more importantly, uh, he is not the fiercest competitor I think I've ever seen on a football field. He has zero fear. Uh, he'll take a hit, you know, with the best of them. Uh, and he's also an awesome guy. He's a, he's a guy that the kids rally around, and now like his second year in our system, um, he's just so fun to watch, and I think he's going to be explosive. So he's got. Tons of great targets as far as receivers go. Uh, Sammy Kim, 13 touchdowns last year. He was amazing. He's going to get better in his junior season. Jerry Louie McKee, um, just just dangerous from anywhere on the field. Um, and then Dalton, 
course, can use his feet as well. And our running back core is also developed along with the addition of Marcus Knight. So um, offense is going to be dangerous. Uh, defensive side of the ball, you got to immediately start with Dante Olsen. I mean, the leading tackler in the nation last year. Um, he is, he talked to the coaches, and, uh, you know, they, they think he's going to be the next great Montana linebacker. He already is. He's broken all, he shattered the school record last year for tackles in the single season, 151. Um, and he's got a lot of, uh, he's got a big future at the next level. And he, uh, he does everything right, uh, selfless. Totally a selfless guy. He's in the right place at the right time, which is why he racks up so many gaudy numbers. And um, he's just the, uh, he's a professional linebacker. He is he does his job and does it well. That that is good to hear. I know. Uh, I really like asking that kind of question because I think uh, I mean teams in the Big Sky. And even in the FCS as, as a whole, there's not as much media coverage, uh, obviously, as the FBS. But it's good to be able to to write down those names, uh, to look for them as they come through the system, and then make a difference. Like you said, in the in the on the on the professional level, because it does not. I mean, once when you get there, it doesn't matter where you came from. It's just you know your talent and stuff. And so I actually had his name written down because he was the leading tackler uh, in the nation. That's something that you can hang your hat on, and and. Uh, uh, as a program, yeah. and and yeah. And when I say leading tackler, I mean that's FBS and SCS. Well, like the, all of Division One football, 151 tackles in a single season is just unheard of. Uh, um, and he probably would have had more too. I mean, there were some games where, you know, away games where I don't think he got credited with as many as you know assisted tackles as he probably should have. So it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, He's just a great kid, too, and he does volunteer hours, and he does a lot in the community, and he gets a 4.0 grade point average. I mean, this kid's the real deal, and we're certainly proud of him. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Those were my questions for uh, the University of Montana. I'll be sticking really close watching you guys as the, as the season unravels. And quite frankly, I'm, I wish you guys the luck and I hope to see you guys uh, playing in December in the FCS playoffs. And uh, we'll see how far you guys can go this, this upcoming season. Yeah, good stuff. It's uh, nice to talk to you and certainly looking forward to getting Dixie State on the schedule in, um, uh, well, when they move up. Uh, starting in the next few years. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that we had actually we had signed uh, Montana Montana State to play. I think it's a home and home series. I think we go to we go up there twice to play you guys. But it's uh, we got we got you guys three times in Missoula, and we go down to the, to uh, to St. George once. So, oh, okay. Um, so they, it's gonna be good. I think you guys play high level football down there, uh, no matter what. Uh, level it is and you got a good tradition so I, i'm looking forward to having a conference yeah for sure well thank you so much again for your time and have a good uh good luck on your season <clears throat> appreciate that thanks yep bye okay that was mr eric Tabor from the university of montana again the assistant director of communications it was really good to have him on the show i think that again to bring uniqueness to the show uh it is really. It was really an, an interesting interview. It was one of the the more fun ones I believe that I've had and that I've learned. Uh, he talked about a lot of new names that I hadn't heard of. Obviously, you hear about the All Americans and the people that you know the, the what the media is saying. And when you research, you're like, oh, this guy's coming back. Top passer, top rusher, top receiver, top tackler. You hear about those, but it's when those when these guys that are in the program say, hey, no, this guy's got talent. You need to check him out. Super interesting. Write those names down. 
and be ready to watch Montana football this upcoming fall. Uh, I think they, again, a lot of potential. I really liked what he said. He recognized that it was a really tough schedule. I don't think anybody's kidding themselves. It it, it really is a hard schedule. Again, probably the hardest that I have seen. Uh, if you want to go, I mean, FBS, FCS, I'm looking at this preview and stuff like that. Uh, I believe I'll go, go into strength of schedule a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about strength of schedule. That'll be for a later episode, but... You know, that this by far is the, the hardest that I've seen in the FCS and FBS so far that I've covered. Looked at teams, obviously, spent a lot of time looking at schedules, uh, talking with people, what they think. I love to get people's opinions. But anyway, like I said, I want you guys to formulate your opinions on what you heard, what you think. Uh, again, Montana football, great tradition, great pride. It's great to have Bobby Huck back uh, at the helm uh, as a head coach. I think that it helps. Montana football, I think it helps the big sky, and I overall think it helps college football, uh, especially as a Montana native. Those kinds of things, you, you can't get anywhere else, right? I, I think in professional sports, I mean, we we hear people wanting to come home and play. I think that's the best part about it is when they do come back, they're home, they're where they're comfortable, and you can see them. I you know When you're not, when you're in a comfortable situation, you really take off, and I'm 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 happy that he's back coaching the Grizz, and we'll see if he can get back. I mean, he's been to three national championships. He knows how to get there as well as anybody else in this in this country. You think about it, Dabo Sweeney. He's been to what three national championships? Played. You know, uh, he's been in the playoff. I think Ohio State, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's only been to to one college football playoff. This guy's been to three. Three playoffs, and he didn't just play one game to get there. To get, I mean, obviously, you had to play the regular season, but he had to go through the gauntlet of the big sky and then through a playoff system to be able to be considered for a national championship. Again, experienced coach. Just want to give a little bit of shout out also to the Montana social media. Uh, if you don't follow them on Instagram, Facebook, really an interesting platform. I like it when teams have a social media presence. Uh, it gives me. Uh, what what my podcast is, I can't provide everything to you guys. I provide interviews. I provide insights. I provide my expert opinion, but uh, I can't provide you know the day in day out of a program. I'm not around one. I'm I'm on a cross country team in St. George. I could not tell you you know when they lift those kinds of things. The social media does a super good job, especially Montana. Uh, Really fun to watch. That's how I know about the them going around the state of Montana. That's how I know uh, they usually post something about time until football. You know, eighty days till the start of college football season. So, uh, really getting excited. Uh, we just had to pass through the dog days of summer. Which yeah, anyway. Uh, so again, really excited. Write down the names. Stay tuned uh, for again. If you're a Montana fan, if you're a Big Sky fan, if you are a college football fan, continue to listen. Uh, that th- that's all for this episode. Again, I always kind of like to leave you guys what is coming up. I will be talking to Rhode Island. They will be the next ones up on the schedule that I have, and then uh, I will be dropping teams with most approved uh, part three, 2019 part three. Uh, that will also be coming out probably towards the middle of the week this week uh once when i get this one published this one will go live and then i'll publish that one we'll have rhode island and then upcoming we have maine and weber state to kind of finish off i know i don't get these out the day i do the interview Uh, it's actually a lot of work 
And I, you know, it's a price to pay. I love to pay the price. I spend four or five hours on each episode, uh, getting the stats and stuff like that. So it takes a little while. I, it helps when, when I know the programs. Uh, obviously, like Weber State and even SUU, and I had actually followed UC Davis before. Those, I was able to, I had heard of those names. I'd heard of teams. You know, I've heard of the names and stuff like that beforehand, so I don't have to do as much. But when you talk to teams that you've never heard of that you want to have on or that you've heard, okay, maybe not heard of, but you had you know, maybe had heard it like, oh, Towson football beat UConn. Oh, wow, Towson. But now I, I'm interviewing him. It's totally different. So I spent a lot of time. Again, I want to provide you guys with the best quality podcast that I can. Uh, my friends over at Sling in the Pill. We have, uh, they've been my friends for a couple years now, two great guys, and we've decided that, you know, we'll work, we'll work together, we'll both help our, each other's podcasts out, I'm the more, I'm the college football guy of that series as well, so you can check them out, again, so, for you guys to do, listen to the podcast, tell your family, tell your friends, uh, get ready for this upcoming weekend, if you're a Maine football fan, you know someone that likes Maine or Weaver State, They'll be on the mic, uh, Rhode Island as well. I'm also working with the University of Albany. I haven't uh, set up a 100% a date yet, but we'll get them on. And we're continuing just to roll these off. Uh, Idaho State, talk to them. They'll be in somewhere in July. So I'm going through. I'll be finishing off uh, the CAA, reaching out to those coaches, and then I will be moving on towards uh, other uh, ones. I believe I'll talk to the Missouri Valley I think there's a lot of talent in that conference, Ohio Valley, the NEC, the Big South. I mean, the list keeps on going on. There's so much college football to talk about. And then, of course, I love the FCS. Uh, it's where I found my first little you know, spurt of, of love, and I will also be talking about the FBS. Uh, the Pac-12, be covering a lot of the Pac-12. Uh, I'm a huge I, – I shouldn't say this on the air, but I love the University of Utah, and I love Colorado University as well. I don't know why they're supposed to be rivals and stuff. Love those two teams. Love uh, – base- I don't really hate – anybody in the Pac-12, so I love covering it. Uh, anyway, that will be upcoming, so again, tell your family, tell your friends, uh, subscribe, re- leave a review, uh, message me for questions, updates, and uh, stay tuned on social media to find our platforms and for upcoming episodes. Again, thank you guys. Without you guys, it would not be possible. Uh, have a great week, and keep the ball rolling.